All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest to another edition of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondrat, joining us from Chandler, Arizona. Zach, we got it up to like 115 on my car today, so uh, summer is still in full swing here in the desert southwest, but hockey season is back, and how are you? I'm good. Uh, hanging in there. Uh, the heat hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> and we just finished up uh, about an hour ago a uh, another episode of our Welcome Back to Hockey 2020. And, uh, you know, my TV, I don't think, is shut off. I uh, just keep it on the NHL Network or NBCSN or NBC or wherever I can find the game because there are games all the time. As we mentioned on that show, um, five games started Saturday, five on Sunday, six today um we're getting our fill of hockey aren't we uh yeah but considering we got it cut off early i can't get enough so um i love it i i love having uh every time i check my phone there's a highlight or some uh or some update so it's perfect the way they formatted it where you you constantly have a flow of hockey yeah it's uh you know i really like the way the nhl did it and uh before we before we get into that a little bit, uh, our special guest tonight is going to give us some really good insight because we had him on about a month ago, Steve Popton, the assistant uh, coach with the Tucson Roadrunners. But he's got unique insight because he's with the Coyotes organization. He's seen a lot of this young talent, and he's worked with a lot of this young talent and some of the older guys. So he's got some really good perspective for us. It's going to be fun to hear not only his perspective on the Coyotes, but also what he's seen from this uh, – pandemic playoff i guess we would call it but uh, i like what the nhl did in 24 teams i like the way they broke it down I, I think they made it interesting for every team um obviously the qualifier games are the most important right now but as uh, we talked earlier today about the uh the round robin games have been um played for real as well right yeah um i mean these guys are are going at it like we talked about earlier the uh the um, capitals and lightning they went into um overtime and then a shootout um and i think they got some jostling going on too um so these guys aren't playing around they're playing for real um which i definitely think shows us that uh, this is something to take serious and these guys take it serious and they're playing for the the most coveted trophy in all sports so uh, the brand of hockey is fast, it's intense, and, um, I mean, these guys have come here to win. You know, in uh, April or May, I would like to have been sitting in the NHL offices and, and hearing the discussions, just be a fly on the wall as to how they put this all together because you have um, all the teams, first of all, separated into two separate bubble cities in Toronto and Edmonton. But you also have really two different formats, at least right now. you got the, the five-game um, qualifier series, which uh, has playoff rules, basically. There's The overtime is five-on-five, sudden death till somebody wins. Um, but in the round robin, they're using the regular season-type format, yet the goals in the round robin tournament count as playoff goals. So I, I think they really put this together well. Um, 
when you look at the teams that are in there and there's, there's been some excitement, there's been some fights, there's been some uh, controversy, I guess, with Matthew Kachuk. And I didn't get a chance to ask you about that. But, but tell me about that, the Kachuk play on uh, Mark Shifley. What were your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I know Kachuk has a bit of a reputation when it comes to being um, that kind of greasy player. And I say greasy kind of lightly, not as somebody who's, who's, you know, a slime ball, but somebody who's a tough, tough player. He plays you tough um, and he gets into the areas that other players aren't usually comfortable going into. I will, I don't think he meant to do it on purpose. It looked like his skate came up and things just happened. Um, I mean, I think we all know the way this, this game is played, the high intensity and the pace. Things happen. Accidents happen. Um, I'm not a player. I don't play with a guy. Um, obviously, the Winnipeg Jets thought that it was intentional. That's why uh, they came out and, and played him really physical and got into a fight with him. So, um, But looking at the video, just trying to be a very objective person and, and seeing, it looked like his skate came up and it kind of just happened. Um, and it's, it was an accident. But again, I'm, um, I don't playing the same rink with the guy if i was wearing a jets uniform or a jets fan i'm sure i would have thought of it the same way so well, um i don't know we'll see what happens hopefully they don't they don't take any repercussions on him and he just kind of keeps getting to play you know my thoughts uh were kind of like this everything happens at such a high intensity and when they're able to slow it down on the tv broadcast and you see things uh you don't see that uh, at full speed, right? You see yeah. the, the leg movements and everything. So I don't know. I, I, I think it would be a very difficult thing to go, hey, yeah, I'm going to try to cut the back of his leg or whatever happened um, with my skate blade at, at that speed. I think he was setting him up for a good contact play. And, you know, of course, Matthew Kachuk's got ties here with the Arizona Coyotes. His dad, uh, Keith Kachuk, played here. Um, so so there's a little bit of that, and he, he does have a little sandpaper. He likes to, to muck it up a little bit, I guess. He does it with goaltenders. He does it with the captains. He does it with the toughest guy on the on, on the opposing team. So um, there's something to be said for that, too. It's not like he just goes around trying to pick fights with uh, just anybody. He'll, he'll muck it up with anyone. So Yeah, and I think that's something people need to keep in mind is, is he's there for his ability not only to play because he's a phenomenal player, but he's also there because – He's kind of got that Sean Avery aspect where, you know, you can dance in front of Martin Brodeur and just completely throw him off his game like like Avery <laughs> did. But, uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. And, yeah, like you said, I don't think he's going out and trying to intentionally step on someone's leg. We've seen people do it, and it didn't look anything like that. So hopefully it's just one of those situations. We haven't seen hockey in a while, and everybody gets up in arms about something, and it was just kind of a, a group thing. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. Okay, as I mentioned, we got a great guest coming on. So before we bring on our guest, uh, let's talk just a little bit about the series that have been happening right now. Um, we, we look into today. There's been some uh, second game uh, of the uh, best of five. Uh, Carolina uh, up two nothing and a commanding lead. I think on the Rangers, they just suffocated the, the Rangers again and just not giving them much of a chance. Um, Winnipeg evened it up with Calgary. And then the round robin stuff going on. I, I think all of those games have been exciting, but perhaps nothing more exciting than the uh, Colorado St. Louis round robin game in which uh, Colorado was able to win it with one 
tenth of a second left on there uh, on the power play of all, of all things. So um, it, we've seen a bit of everything. We've seen some odd bounces and and turn into goals. We've seen shorthanded goals. We've seen plenty of power play goals. It's been a lot of fun. So um, I think the next uh, what do we got? We got six more shows left, right? We've done three uh, of our podcasts. So uh, yeah. just your thoughts quickly on the. Uh, on, on what's going on right now. And, and you talked a little bit earlier about Pittsburgh and how you thought they were going to come back. And although it's only one nothing, they seem to be playing uh, with a little more spirit, a little more heart. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. That, that score has continued to be, you know, kind of um, not deadlock. That's not the word I want to use, but just consistent with one, nothing. Um, so clearly Montreal is here uh here to play and and put their best foot forward which i love to see um and then you touched on it too the new york rangers are down to nothing and um uh, i think every podcast we have until obviously well actually the next one will be for the we'll find out who has the number one pick but um those two teams montreal and the rangers i think definitely deserve to have that number one overall pick so um even though i do like the rangers i would i really think that having uh, Lafreniere would would help them out a lot. Same with Montreal, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Where do you not want the number one pick to go? Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I, had I just had to get that back. I had yeah, to get that back out there for the record. It's, it's nothing against Edmonton. It's <laughs> just I think around the league, anyone who's not an Edmonton, it's frustrating to see talent go there and them constantly have that opportunity. And we all know right. the Neil Yakupov situation. They're just it, it wasn't he necessarily wasn't the best fit there. But um, I, I I would prefer him to go somewhere who can use a cornerstone player to build a franchise and become a winning organization. And I feel like Montreal or New York uh, is the best fit for that. So um, it's nothing against Edmonton at all. It's just I I want to see the game. Well, flourish. well, that's good because Dave Tippett is coaching there, and I'm I'm sure our guest is going to go <laughs> like, uh, let's not uh, let's not be bagging on Edmonton. I might be wrong. No, we'll ask no, Okay, let's not. let's take a quick break. Let's hear from a couple of our partners. We'll come right back with our special guest tonight. Uh, he was so good the first time we had him, folks. We had to bring him back uh, for a encore performance. Steve Potman, the assistant coach of the Tucson Roadrunners, will join us in two minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Hey. Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. 
M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy joining you here on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, uh, joining me from beautiful Chandler, Arizona, where we've topped out around 115 today. And we've got another Arizonan with us right now, our special guest from the uh, the Arizona Coyotes, the Tucson Roadrunners, um, the hockey experience all the way across the board, Steve Potvin is joining us again. Steve, I told you uh, when I asked you to come on again, I said it's kind of an encore performance here because you were so good a month ago. We needed to talk <laughs> hockey again. So welcome back. Well, I'm just glad that there's hockey to talk about, to be honest. And, and thanks so much for having me back. Honestly, if, uh, if we keep going, I hope to be back on the show here. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think this is everything that I thought it was going to be uh, and I'm talking about the uh, the start of the uh, playoffs, if you will. Uh, we've had, what, two and a half days worth, almost three days worth of hockey. What were your overall opinion on, first of all, what the NHL has done and, and just how good the game has been or the games have been? Yeah, honestly, what a fantastic job. Uh, you know, there was a lot of questions going in, and they've been answered. You're watching the game. You're hearing the, the background noise of, you know, simulating fans actually being in the stands. So it's, it's actually been lively, and it's, it's been fun to watch, and I love what they did with the stands. Uh, it makes it look real, you know, professional. And when you compare it to other sports, I, I feel like we've done a really good job. And, uh, yeah, the, the fan experience for, the, for, for TV viewers has been great. You know, I've said all along, Steve, that I thought this might be the best playoffs just because everybody came in healthy and um, or as healthy as they could be. And I think the guys missed the game so much over the last uh, four or five months. And, and really, it was going to be exciting, and they jumped into it. But one thing, and, and we'll get into the Coyotes here in a minute, but one thing that I noticed from the Coyotes was I wonder how important that training camp was because it's not a, a typical training camp. And you know what I mean by that? not like you're evaluating players you're you're talking about everybody ready to go on quality practice time and I know as a coach that's got to be something you guys just really wish you could have during the middle of the season you know what it, it was really important um, 
as you said, it, it, it's it's kind of an odd time. You don't really typically get ten or you know eleven days to practice before before your next game. So uh, taking advantage of some of those key reps that you don't typically get was really important. And I think the other thing that was important is is um, you know playing in front of, having scrimmage games in front of no fans and hearing the sounds of the game uh, without the energy of the fans, I think was really important. So trying to simulate those games uh, really was, was helpful. And, you know, when, when you're sometimes your coach sees things that he doesn't like, it was nice to kind of get the slap on the wrist, you know, and, and let them know that, Hey, it's coming and you got to be ready. And it doesn't matter if it's 11 o'clock or four o'clock, you have to be ready. So there's no time for, for excuses. And as soon as the puck drops, no matter if we're in a little scrimmage game here or we're in a, in a practice mindset, we've got to be ready and we've got to, we've got to go. And, and I know that uh, talk and the staff did a real good job of that uh, during the practices. All right, Zach, fire away. Yeah. So you had talked about, um, first of all, thanks for coming back on the podcast. We're really excited to have you back. And, and like Scott said, it's kind of like an encore performance. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, so you were talking about the the stands um, and how the NHL has kind of dressed it up to to kind of make it feel like the building is full and having that simulated noise. How important as a player do you think it is for them to to look around and not just have an empty arena and have that noise? Um, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, it's important. I think when you're playing, your your eyes, you know, you're you're aware of your surroundings, and you're you're aware that you know what's around. And there's that you know that joke that's been around forever that it's wear a seat night, and that's the last thing you want <laughs> you want you want to see. You know that that would just I think dampen the mood quite a bit. So the fact that you can't see seats, there's no jokes being made, and I think it's it's all business. So it's been it's been great. Steve, I want to ask you about the, uh, the about the two teams in the desert southwest. Uh, we talk about the young talent, and you've had a chance to see a lot of the Coyotes' young talent and work with them. But um, you know, I think for them, it's a big benefit that the the training camp. But I also think of like up in Vegas with Pete DeBoer coming in when he did, and and really not having any practice time and getting to know his guys, and and then getting this training camp. Uh, I can't speak for obviously the rest of the teams, but how important do you think that was for, for both veterans and a new coach as well as the Coyotes with young talent and, and just development? Well, the first, the first player that comes to my mind for us is uh, Barrett Hayden. I mean, he came, he came in and he played some games this, this season, but uh, he played a real limited amount. And then he got hurt. And then, you know, you're trying to fight back into the lineup. And, and it wasn't easy for him because, you know, it was a real tough time of the season. We were trying to get back in the playoffs when he was healthy and trying to get back in the lineup. And he had limited ice time. And uh, it, it was it was tough. And he wasn't scheduled to be in. And he just, you know, obviously we, we had an injury, so it, it opened the door for him. But I felt like there was confidence, uh, you know, from talk to Barrett going in. And I, I don't think there was really any hesitation who was going to be the next guy up. And, I mean, for a kid that played eight minutes, I felt like he made good use of every shift. And, you know, that showing the confident aspect of it, he was put on the power play and created plays and almost scored on, uh, on you know, in a position that he'd scored on in, with Team Canada. And he looks very confident. 
and he looks like he's ready to go and he wants to earn more minutes. And, you know, I think it was, it was good for both Barrett and talk to, to kind of earn that trust. And it's, it was, it's been great to see. And yeah, when you're looking at it from a new coach's perspective, man, I mean, you, you know, there's no better time to, than right now to, to be able to learn your, your, from your players and learn what they can do. And then, also build that relationship and earn that trust. And a lot of times building that relationship takes time. So yeah, from Pete DeBoer's standpoint, I mean, what an advantage for him to be able to, to go in and, and really uh, get to know his players and earn that trust that he needs and, and uh, push the, push the right buttons that he needs to push when it's, when it's time. You know, I want to follow up real quickly, Zach, uh, on this one for Steve is that um, I noticed that same thing with Barrett Hayton. I thought he was really good in his eight minutes or whatever he was out there. I, I thought he really looked comfortable. He looked like that's a role. And, um, you know, you talk about the Phil Kessels, you talk about the Taylor Halls and guys that you that have been there that you expected. But I thought it was a real team effort and, and they showed the the I don't know, the grittiness, I guess, because to jump out early like that and then not cave. And, you know, I, I don't know what you were thinking, Steve, but oh. when I saw that, that goal scored at the end of the first period after they'd completely dominated, I was going like, oh, no, this isn't happening again. Well, uh, your, your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, you, you and I were texting, and, uh, you know, I guess in baseball terms, you never want to pack up the equipment. And I remember you and I being excited <laughs> on, the te- on, the, on the text, and I was like, I got to, I got to stop. I'm going to ignore every text that I get from here on in, no matter who it is. I don't, I don't want to talk about it, but, but yeah, it, it has been, uh, you know, I, I hate to say, it, but it's been part of our, our thing is that we've, you know, given up some, some leads and, you know, leading, leading into the third period, you're like, Oh man, I hope they can keep going. I hope they can keep going. And, uh, you know, I, I think the fans or the people from the exterior felt, probably that more than the players did they i felt like they looked confident and i I think they felt like they had full control of the game you know and and if you look at the goals that were scored against us i mean they didn't beat us you know they they literally went off bodies and they were unfortunate goals so i felt like uh they felt that they had full control of the game all right zach it's all yours all right. Um, and I think last time, well, I know in the last time we definitely talked about uh, Braden Burke and him uh, having the impact he did in Tucson. Um, how much do you think it's going to uh, propel his chances for next year to make this pro roster for guys who were, uh, who were in Tucson this year who now have been getting the time in the NHL with these NHL guys? Um, do you think it's going to help their chances next year now that everybody's been able to see them, the coaches had time? Um, how, how do you think that will affect it? You know, that's a great question, and I would love to answer that positively and say 100% it's going, it's going to help them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot he of set times, you up, Steve. He set you up. <laughs> I, li- I didn't I like mean that. to. I like it. No, no, that's good. That's good. I love the challenge. The, the, the reason why it can be both a double-edged sword is because some are great game players and some aren't practice players. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so right now they're, they're, you know, being able to show what they have in practice. And so execution of plays and, and passes, those really matter on, in every sequence. And a lot of times some of the best players have the puck quite often and they don't execute on a lot of it, but they also yeah. are able to bring 
uh, energy where you can't feel in a practice a lot of times. Or like, you know, they're, they're strong on the forecheck, they're good on the backcheck, and they make those key moment plays, those key moment plays where a lot of players, uh, you know, sometimes get into that moment and they shy away or they, they fail at times. But those key players that want to keep moving forward, they need those moments uh, to really show what they have. And I, I feel like sometimes, you know, in these situations, it could be it could be good and it could be bad. You know, they they get to learn a lot about the 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 negative tendencies. And you know, obviously, if you're one of those guys that's on every day and practicing well and hard, and um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna notice the, the strengths that you bring every day also. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they're far uh, more ahead of some of the other prospects that are, were unfortunately not able to be here. Because of the numbers, I feel like they're strengthening their game. It'll definitely give them an, an opportunity to be in camp and and show their stuff, and, and they'll be the guys that uh, probably get the first look. But, uh, you know, th- this game changes so quick, you never know what happens. That's true. All right. Let me, uh, let me ask you this, Steve, from, from an overall perspective. Um, did the guys show any rust to you? Uh, as a as a professional athlete yourself, did you see rust that maybe the rest of us didn't see, or did they get up to game speed and playoff speed uh, rather quickly? Yeah, I thought uh, game one. I thought that was a little bit rusty. I was a little bit nervous going into to you know, I mean, game one, our exhibition game in in the bubble. That one, you know, I could you could see a little bit rust, a little little hesitation, but. You know that that's that happens, and you know it, it. It was the first game for both teams, so there really aren't any excuses. But you know, there's there's so many contributing factors to why teams have a better start than other teams, and you know, there's probably too many to list or to talk about. But I, I didn't. I, I felt like the second game, our first playoff game, I felt like we were on our toes. We showed we initiated contact right away, as you guys saw. And no, and you know. The broadcast said it a, a million times, but the right guys got on the score sheet right away. That gives you confidence. And and Kemp's was was outstanding. And like we already discussed, nothing really beat him. It just, you know, unlucky bounces in front of the net, uh, found the back of the net. So honestly, I, I didn't see too much rust, except for the toe pick uh, forehand, <laughs> backhand goal on grabs. But that was, right. that was awesome. That, I, was the best, that was the most fun play of the night. Uh, you, you led me right into my next question on grabs is that, uh, you know, everything's been discussed about whether he would go to the bubble, not go to the bubble, all the things he's been through with the eye injury and everything else. And how gratifying was it for a coach and a part of the organization to see him get that breakaway and do his thing? Yeah, that, that was, that was pretty special. You know, I think the guys that are close to him that have been working with him when he's been injured and, uh, you know, those guys really feel a, a lot of compassion for him. And, and I know the guys, you know, I think if everybody could have jumped on the ice and celebrated with them, they would, <laughs> they, they would have, you know, it, it, you could, you could just, you could feel it from wherever you were. If you're watching it from the TV or if you're, you know, staff watching it from the, from the live at the stadium, everybody was happy for him and they could feel the energy behind it. All right, Zach. Yeah, so um, so with Kemper starting um, this first one, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised. I thought, um, based on, uh, granted, these guys had many more practices than the one that I saw, but it looked like Ranto was getting a lot of the reps. Um, I didn't know how close you are in within that 
bubble that they had going on in Arizona. But do you feel like that was maybe the the sense that Kemper was definitely going to be the guy throughout the playoffs, or was that kind of a a little bit of a surprise? No, I, I don't think it was a surprise. Uh, I think we had, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, like you said, I'm not privy to all of the conversations when it comes to goaltending. But, uh, yeah, I think in my mind he was definitely going to be the, the number one, uh, you know, the, the 1A, so to speak. I know we have a mm-hmm. 1A minus maybe or 1B. <laughs> yeah, they're both yeah, phenomenal it, goalies. They really are, and it's no offense to it, – it's really difficult to, to answer this question because you have the utmost respect for Rance and what he mm-hmm. does for the team and, you know, how, how he can take a, a game over and steal, steal a couple points for us. So, uh, you know, that being said – Kemper, I think at the time, was the number three goalie in the league and up for MVP before he got hurt. So there was no surprise in my mind. I thought uh, they, they made the right choice, and he, he was going to start for, for, uh, for as far as I was concerned. You know, as long as we're on, on the goaltender conversation, uh, Aiden Hill was the, uh, the third goaltender that went, and you get to see Aiden uh, almost on a daily basis. So um, how is this going to help Aiden? You know, every time, anytime you can spend uh, weeks, days, months, minutes in the NHL, that's going to help. Uh, there's so much to learn, and it can happen in a, at any time. You know, so I, I think it's going to help him tremendously. I think every time that he's been in the NHL, and we've seen him back in Tucson, we've seen the edge that he brings back, and you know, sometimes you get to know the player's tendencies so well that you're kind of waiting for them to falter in certain situations and then uh, seeing them fight through it after they spend some time in the NHL. And it's probably communicating tons with the NHL coaches and uh, goalie coaches and then our, our American league coach as well. And then just seeing what, you know, how the other NHL players prepare and what are the other goalies doing? And then looking across the ice and seeing, you know, what the opposition is doing and how they're reacting and responding. And yeah, you can, you can just see, an, an enormous amount of growth when he comes back and, and it's going to, I can see it propelling him to another level again. And it's right. kind of an odd situation too. Cause when you're coaching the guys in the minors uh, or in the AHL, you, you want to see them succeed and you definitely enjoy working with them. But when they get that call, it's almost like you don't want to see them again. <laughs> you, you <laughs> you're, want, you're right. Yeah. You want to keep them up there. How, how's that feeling? It, that excitement for you? Is it just as exciting for the players or are you as a coach? Is it a, a little bit of a, a happy medium where you're sad? Cause you have to, you're seeing this, this player that you worked with move on, but he's also moving on for his dreams. You know, I, I think we, you know, you said it. I mean, we signed the contract knowing that this is going to happen. So we're, you know, we're, we're that type of club that, you know, we we thrive on guys getting called up and we, we love seeing it. And honestly, our texts are, hey, hope you don't see you again. You know, we want, we want every, <laughs> we love you to death. You're, you're the, you're a big asset for us, but we hope you don't see you again. And, you know, we, we, you know, we want our Arizona club to be healthy and, you know, we want them to, to be to be in a good spot. But we want our guys to be able to earn a spot and, and show that they've done some good work. And uh, and you know what, that's it's a reflection sometimes on, on the coaching staff and the people that they're working with. And, you know, we, we want them to go up there and say, hey, this is what I've learned. This is what I'm going to do. This is how we can this is how I'm going to move forward. And honestly, it's. Yeah, we, we couldn't feel any prouder for the guys when they get called up, and we honestly don't want to see them again. 
<laughs> so, so we have a chance to just uh, pick your brain a little bit about the AHL. And, and before I jump into that, uh, we started the conversation by talking about the NHL and, and the way they've conducted themselves. And you look at professional baseball now, and they chose not to do the bubble situation. And now, better or worse, they're, they're kind of facing the, the COVID problems. But we're not seeing that in the test results from the NHL. And uh, I think all eyes are on the NHL. I told uh, uh, Zach earlier, I said, I would love to have been in the uh, NHL offices as a fly on the wall in April or May when they were trying to put this all together. But it, as it affects the AHL right now, um, things are maybe getting back to normal for you guys too. Yeah, not knock on wood. We're we're hearing that uh, there's a possibility of a de- December fourth uh, or de- December start. I, I don't want to you know pinpoint the day, but you know you, you never know. Things change so quickly, and we're, I'm so proud of like how the NHL dealt with this. And I know that there was. You know, there was days where they changed their mind and then they've come back to it. And, and like you said, it, it wasn't an easy decision for them. And there, there were so many moving parts and guys coming from Europe. And how many days are, are they going to have to quarantine when they get into the bubble? You know, how, how many restrictions are we going to be able to hold these guys to? And, you know, you said it. I think there was every team, there wasn't one positive test uh, in comparison to you know the unfortunate situation that happened in Tampa Bay with with the with the ball club I think there were 17 members of their club uh, show up with with the with the virus so yeah commend the NHL they've done a great job and and it just gives so much more confidence moving forward that we have a plan and that's so far so good that we we can we can execute and and hopefully that'll that'll get uh, this next season started in the same fashion or better. Okay, so Zach, I got to follow this one up. Also, I yeah, no, cut, go for it. I keep cutting into his question, Steve. But um, you know, we all grew up playing the game, and we all remember the uh, the youth hockey trips and and being in a hotel, and and then even <laughs> to the point where where you're at uh, in the like the Olympics or in world world tournaments and things like that. Um, is it easier, do you think, for hockey players to adapt to this situation than other sports that? that maybe have not grown up in that type of environment? Because these guys seem like, you know, it took them a day and they're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. We got food here. We got this, that. <laughs> uh, how do you think life is in the bubble for a hockey player, a professional hockey player? You, you know, I, I think that the guys are pretty open-minded and open to, to trying anything. And, and I think they love the game and they'll, they'll do anything for it. And I think they, they realize also that, that, how much hockey and you know financially it's contributed to their life. So they're gonna, they're going to give back and do what they can to to make this thing happen. And you know, on a side note, it, it, you you get to find out exactly what kind of team you have and how well the guys get along because there's there's no escaping the guys. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're together, so it could be it could be good or it could be bad. You know, and and it is a, it is a mental grind. You know, it's not it's not easy for them. But, uh, you, you know, there are those teams where they head out on the road and there's so much camaraderie that they pull out more wins than they would be if they were at home, <laughs> you know. So uh, it, it could definitely have a positive effect. And, and you know, luckily, uh, from the sounds of it, our guys all get along and, and uh, hopefully that, that, that gives us, a you know, that sixth man on the ice. So in between... Um... Uh, this podcast today and the last one, we saw the Seattle franchise uh, announce the name and the logo 
Um, and it's going to kind of affect Arizona in the sense that they're going to move to the central division. Um, is that something that, I mean, it's a little bit further down the road, obviously, but something I'm really excited about because it, it again, grows the game. Is that going to affect uh, how you guys kind of prepare in the AHL? And is that something you're going to be playing those teams like the Colorado Eagles now that you're moving to the central? How is that going to work and play out for you guys? Yeah, you know what? I haven't, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't given it much thought. Um, I, I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I, I will be giving it more thought now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> First, he sets you up, and now he gives you ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know which one to take this as. Is this a setup or an idea? No, just uh, an idea. Because the other thing I was thinking too is everyone in the central granted the playoff uh, the the expansion of it is much bigger this year, but everybody in the central is in the playoffs can win the Stanley cup. Um, so that's just also an interesting factor that Arizona is going to be moving into this, this new division where any one of these teams this year can win the cup. Oh, totally. I mean, you change the dynamic of one or two teams and there's, you know, there's teams that you play well against habitually, you know, and it's just, you have so much confidence and it's been, you know, 10 years and that, you know, that going into this building, we have a better chance at winning. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at us versus Edmonton, I think the stats would show that we had, you know, an enormous amount of success, you know? And so like you move in and out of conferences or divisions, it's, it can definitely impact your team. Uh, you know, hopefully for us, it'll be, it'll be a positive and, you know, we'll, we'll stand atop of it. But uh, I, I appreciate the question. <laughs> yeah that's something to think about because it's something like i said i've been, it's been on my mind because um it's just yeah, i love to see the movement and and change so um and i mean totally my my abs are in the central division so i get to see them in arizona a lot <laughs> oh, more no. so that's what, <laughs> i'm still a yotes fan i'm still a yotes I fan so i get it. to go to the game as a neutral party that's great. You'll you'll yeah. love this. So I'm from Toronto, and my and I was born in Montreal. My dad is a um, he's a Montreal fan, and I'm like a diehard, you know, at the time at the time Leaf fan. But if you know if the Canadians are playing, I usually cheer for them, and, and except for when Pittsburgh is playing, because you know for years before I was a coach, Crosby was my favorite player, and before that I loved watching Pittsburgh with Yager and. And anyway, my daughter was like, oh, I thought you liked Montreal tonight. I was like, oh, not when they're playing Pittsburgh. And then, you know. She, it's a weird dynamic. She, it is. It is. And three months ago, she asked me if, you know, they were playing the Leafs. Oh, I thought you liked Montreal. Well, no, not when they play the Leafs. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, anyway, it's Nothing, nothing like confusing the kids really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, uh, so you kind of led me to Edmonton, and, and we know Tip is up there now and, and uh, doing a great job with a lot of talent, but he still doesn't have his team, I don't think. But um, your thoughts on Edmonton, because I know they, they kind of got steamrolled by Chicago in night one. Now, tonight they're up 2-1 as we speak in the first period, but um, talk a little bit about Tip and, and his plan up there if you can, if you, you know anything about that. Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting dynamic, and and there's a there's you know we talked about moving parts earlier, and and honestly, the the moving parts here is the stars want to play so much, and they want to have the puck so much, and there's only so much of it that can go around. So I feel like you know if Chicago plays their cards right, right, and they and they play their lineup 
um, you know, four lines deep and they keep ro the rotation and they, you know, the, 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 the lower half of the lineup has the strength and understand the, the D zone coverage and the importance of it and just really iron out every detail. I think they have a really good chance because these star players, they want to get on the ice so much. And then you don't end up using the third and fourth line as much as uh, sometimes other teams do. You know, and, and that sometimes I feel like lessens the strength of the group. You know, the teams that, that always win, and this is no, you know, no knock on, on tip, but it's a, it's, a tough, it's a tough dynamic when you have players that want to have so much ice time and they want to contribute so much. And, you know, they'll, they'll hold you to it. You, we saw it last year in Toronto with Austin Matthews not being happy with, you know, only 18 minutes of play. And, you know, he wants the puck. He wants to – and now when you're, you know, listening to the Toronto game, uh, he's on the ice every second, third shift sometimes, you know. And you're, you see a lot of that happening in Edmonton. So I wonder as, as the series goes along and as the playoffs go along, even if they get a lot, uh, past Chicago – I wonder how long they can sustain uh, that energy playing those top players as much as they do, you know? Boy, that's so it'll, a, that's a it'll great be interesting point. to see. Yeah, you, you know, I was watching Edmonton and the Coyotes earlier this season at, at Gila River, and I was thinking that same thing. I think the game might have gone to overtime, or I, I can't remember I exactly. remember the game. Yeah, I and, game. and I was going like, how long can he keep putting <laughs> Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid out there, and, and how do they have gas left in the tank at the end? And I was thinking, this has got to be advantage Coyotes at this point. Yeah, I, I remember the game completely, and I think Edmonton was down a goal in the third, so they had to right. up, up the ice time. And then in overtime, I think they had they had a full shift. There was an icing and a timeout, like a, just a TV timeout or, or something like that. Well, they wouldn't have been an icing because they wouldn't have had a TV timeout then. But it was an icing. They kept them on. Then they had a TV timeout. They kept them on. And then after that shift, they called a timeout. They right. called an official timeout because there was an offensive zone faceoff, and they kept them out. I was like, holy mackerel, you know. <laughs> and good, that was in overtime, that. right? So that they'd was already in overtime. Played, yeah, they'd already played their uh, their their three periods worth of hockey, which was a lot. Um, so uh, it's interesting. Uh, one last one for me, uh, Steve, and then I'll let Zach wrap things up with you. But um, when oh, when I oh look no. at <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I better not. Uh, I, I had a chance to visit with Kenny McCudden the other day and just on a text and I oh, sent yeah. him yeah. I sent him a, a congratulatory text and I said, Boy, oh boy, Columbus I thought did a fantastic job on your Maple Leafs, uh, because I thought they played uh playoff ready hockey. I thought two teams that I've seen and this is just my opinion from, from the couch, uh I thought Carolina and Columbus are playing uh, just bottleneck, if you can call it that, playoff hockey where they just shut you down. Uh, is that what you saw too, and, and have you seen much of that? Or are there 100%. other teams that I'm missing? You know what? I haven't uh, followed too much of Carolina, but I, I know their style and they do play fast and they're in their face. But I, I felt Seth Jones from where I was sitting in the living room. I mean, that guy was in Austin's grill all day long, and it's and it's great to see that matchup. And I, and I, you know, on the other hand, I love seeing Austin, how, how he reacted and how long he's able to keep his composure. I mean, he had some unbelievable opportunities that go, you know, that one pass that, uh, 
I, I can't remember who made it from behind the net. But anyway, he he found Austin right in the slot. If that goes in, that changes the that changes everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and and it was kind of good to watch because he was tr- he's been trying to find the open ice and trying to find it, and he and he just couldn't. Jones has been all over him, and it's it's yeah, it's been so much fun watching the team play, and they shut down that that home ice or that uh, that home base so well, and it's 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 fun to watch. They're blocking shots, they're diving in front of. Uh, in front of shots to do everything they can to let it from going in the net and or from you know preventing it from going in the net you can feel the energy it's fun it's fun to watch columbus and toronto right now okay zach all right um okay so i'm gonna hit mute i'm gonna hit mute (laughs) i have two questions um i have two questions so one we'll say obviously there's a new general manager coming in uh, for the Coyotes, it's n- another great opportunity for someone to come in and and mold that that organization, that blueprint. Um, how does that affect uh, the you guys down in the AHL? Um, obviously, the organizations work very close. Um, is it something where you guys all go into a room in the preseason during the season that you meet and talk? Say, okay, I'd like to see a little bit more of this and this. How does that work on the inside uh, between the the general managers and coaches from the NHL and uh, the AHL? You know, if uh, Steve Sullivan gets the the GM job, then then I, you know, I don't think it's going to affect us. I think it's it's just going to continue to to move forward. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think the plan has been great with the development uh, of our players from Tucson and the link between us and the NHL has been really it's been tremendous. And I've been here for for two two different GMs, and uh, you know, John's plan. Uh, to to merge the two organizations, actually the three organizations with the East Coast, the AHL mm-hmm. and, and the NHL, has been unbelievable. And and I know uh, Sully or, or Steve will, will 100% continue with that path. And and I don't think it'll affect us. I think it'll it'll just continue to to grow. And and you know that that was one of our biggest things is just always finding ways to continue to grow. And I know most organizations talk about it, but uh, you know I living proof that we've had many discussions of how do we move forward and how do we get that plan to happen. And, you know, we're on development calls literally three times a week uh, sometimes, or, you know, just recently it's been closer to just one time a week, but you know, that's the development staff is, you know, our guys that go and see our prospects in the American or in the OHL and the WHL and colleges so we have uh, a European scout development uh, coach, and then we have uh, our head development coach. He's he heads up the forwards, and you know he's all over Ontario and, and the Western League, and he's trying to you know communicate with these guys. And then we have an, another defenseman uh, development coach that does the same thing. And the communication between us, uh, the management, and and the coaching staff is is unreal. So I think if Steve's in as a GM, I don't see it changing. And, uh, I really hope that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't change with any GM that comes in. But, uh, honestly, my, my votes for Steve, he's, he's been alongside one of the, honestly, in my mind, uh, one of the most forward thinking GMs that, that really has a grasp on, on a lot of things. And his, his, Tentacles were spread through the organization, and, and I know Sully's learned so much from John. And honestly, the plan moving forward, I think, uh, would be best with him with him behind the uh, behind the bench as GM. Yeah, and that would be that's 
that's actually really, really good to hear. I'm really excited, and, and hopefully he's definitely the one because I think that would be really good to continue the growth of the organization within the organization. So, um, yeah, not being biased, but I would love to see him in that in that position as well. <laughs> you got one more? Was that all wrapped up? <laughs> uh, that's kind of wrapped up into one. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave him with that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's, uh, whew, he, I can breathe now. I feel uh, safe. Yeah. I feel safe. <laughs> if he if he sees me at the rink, he's gonna have security carry me carry me out. I'm sure. <laughs> well, you're, you're easy to be oh. to be spotted because you'll have the camera around your neck when you get over there. So <laughs> right, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, Steve, I appreciate your time, and and like you say, if uh, if we keep the coyotes rolling here, we're bringing you back on again if you're willing because uh, i think your insight is fantastic i know our listeners love hearing your voice and um you know what stay healthy stay safe and and let's continue to watch some great hockey same to you guys say stay safe i so enjoyed my time uh hopefully uh these guys keep going and get back at it i'd love to come back on if uh if you guys uh if they keep going there's an open invitation anytime you're ready my friend i i got your number so i'll be texting you and trying not to do anything that would uh uh, jeopardize a win. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I love it. And in the meantime, I'll just start studying a lot more in case Zach's got some more difficult questions for me. All right. Uh, I, I love it. Zach, it's been so much fun. Scott, thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, folks. That's Steve Potvin with the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, of course, with the Arizona Coyotes uh, Association as well. So we thank you for coming on tonight. Let's take another quick break and uh, – hear a couple of our uh, partners and then Zach and I will be back to wrap up another uh, episode of professional hockey Southwest weekly behind the mask hockey shop celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at behindthemask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Free game like a pro, post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. 
located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue. College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Another uh, episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, and my co-host, Zach Bondaran from Chandler, Arizona. We're about 30 miles apart, folks. If you're listening on the uh, on the podcast and wondering where in the heck we are in Arizona, it's, <laughs> it's still 115, though, either way. So, so we're surviving the heat. We're watching hockey. Uh, Zach, uh, it looks like Edmonton decided they're going to come out and play tonight because they have a 2-1 lead, if I just saw it correctly, uh, after a period against Chicago. And your thoughts uh, on what we're seeing so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's to be expected, definitely. Um, Edmonton, they're a good team. Um, and they've got that one-two punch with Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um so it's definitely to be expected. Chicago is obviously a very good team too. And something that Steve was kind of alluding to and you guys were talking about is how much ice time McDavid's getting. And he scored both those goals. So um, you, you wonder how long they can kind of keep up that ice time um, without him kind of depleting his tank. So um, it's, it's definitely, it's playoff hockey. So uh, I definitely expect them to come back and, I still believe Chicago will will win the series, um, which I hope it's the other way around because so help me if Edmonton gets a chance at that first <laughs> overall pick. I, I wouldn't even go there with Steve, but <laughs> lots, of, lots of great insight from him. I knew he would do a fantastic job, and, and uh, we're going to call on him again because you can't get that kind of insight anywhere else that uh, has seen the young players and and played as many years, nearly 20 years of, of professional hockey for him. Um, great bloodlines, of course, and uh, the opportunity to, to be a part of uh, reestablishing, I'm going to call it that, reestablishing the Arizona Coyotes and the Tucson Roadrunners. And, and he really hit it on the head when he said the organization is, uh, is really fine-tuned. But people don't realize that unless you've been watching the last five years. But John Chica did an excellent job of, bringing everybody together under some really difficult circumstances financially and, and everything that he was under being the youngest GM when he took that, that job or was given that job and losing him uh, is definitely going to hurt. But Steve Sullivan has, uh, has earned his wings, if you will. Uh, It wasn't long that he played for this organization. And right now he's in a great position. I really hope that that's the direction they go as well, because I think, um, they wouldn't really miss a beat. I think they just continue right on. And that's so important. That stability that you see, but um, I want to kind of touch quickly here if we can on, on Vegas again, because uh, being in our uh, coverage area and the fact that um, I, I don't know what to say about that team. They're so talented and they go out and score first, then they give up three, then they come back and score four. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it's, I guess it's exciting if you're a fan, but man, poor Pete DeBoer, if he's, uh, you know, he was juggling lines in the second period and, and mixing and matching and, you know, but the bottom line is they got it done and, and they just look like a confident hockey team. If they stay healthy and they get Max Pacioretty back and, and their goaltenders stay the way they are, I, you know, I, 
I think the best two teams in the West, and I'm going to say it right up right now, is Colorado and Vegas, and I would not be a bit surprised to see those two is they, if they separate far enough in the in the uh, advancing of it, end up the playing for the Western Conference Championship. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good possibility. Um, I mean, the other thing to think, too, is, is Dallas is right behind them in the standings. Dallas is a very good team. Um, so it's, it's, it's playoff hockey. You never know what's going to happen. And I don't think um, – like giving up those three and not that that's what you were saying is going to is, is like a detriment that's Dallas is a great team, but it shows how resilient Vegas is um, by having all those right pieces and leadership to come back and score what it was four straight. Wasn't it like that's, that's insane. Yeah. yeah it was four straight. All right. Yeah. All right. Like that. Yeah. That's insane. So if it is Colorado and Vegas, that's we're in for a really, really talented Western Conference series, and I honestly, between those two, I don't know if anybody in the West has or in the East has much for them. Those are really two good hockey clubs, and from a non-biased standpoint of me being Avalanche fan or not, that's a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. They have they have young talent, and you know, uh, I think tomorrow for the Arizona Coyotes is going to probably be their biggest game. Uh, of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs, no matter how far they go, and I'll tell you why. They nobody was really giving them much of a chance, except for Kelly Rudy. <laughs> he, yeah. picked them to, he picked them to go the distance, I think, but uh, nobody was really giving them much of a chance. So for them to go out and prove themselves like they did, um, and, and and get that opening game win, if they come back and and put out a strong effort tomorrow, and uh, and go up to nothing on Nashville. I know it's maybe Nashville's not at their uh, their peak, and they're not certainly uh, a Vegas or a Colorado or a Dallas, maybe or a St. Louis, obviously, or they wouldn't be where they were in the standings. But um, I just think that's where we see the growth in the Arizona Coyotes. And and when I say growth, I'm really saying confidence because that's all they're lacking right now. When you look at yeah. Phil Kessel, Taylor Hall. Um, Connor Garland, uh, Clayton Keller, uh, Jacob Chickren. You go down the list of all the players. That's the only thing that they're missing is confidence. They just have to learn how to win and learn how to, once they have a lead, to hold the lead. And, and that's the hardest thing to gain. So I, I think tomorrow is really worth watching. If you if you don't see anything else, make sure you see that game. It's, uh, it's an early game, but uh, I think that's the game. So, Unless you got something else, I'm going to let you run with your read and uh, and send us off with a little uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. Definitely. Yeah, the only thing I have left would be that three of the five of the Ice Time Hockey Southwoods podcast picked the Yotes to win. So we're, we're in it for them. Um, <laughs> I, and I genuinely picked them because I liked what I saw from them, and I, I think they're going to be very resilient. That goaltending is going to really keep them – keep them afloat but um but yeah that's all i got i'll go ahead with the read if we are all set here all right steve uh, steve potman if you're listening you heard that right there's uh all three of the five right zach <laughs> that's three <laughs> of the five yeah and the two who didn't don't even live in the state of arizona so they don't know what there we up. go yeah exactly <laughs> okay go ahead all right so professional hockey southwest weekly is brought to you by bell ford presenting partner in the new season of the sunday specials the Arizona Ford Giant voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona by Arizona Business. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood, tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. 
Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Between our long list of craft beers, fresh handcrafted made you order burgers, who knows how many times you can order the same thing and not have the same thing twice. By OxyPow. Clean your gear, clean your skin with all natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Sprint, a bright future for all. See Andre in Paradise Valley at Cactus and Tatum and let him find the right deal. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Discover what we call barbecue, Las Vegas style. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game Show your game in comfort and style. Visit summerskates.com. Win your summer skates prize pack with the hashtag pucks on the pod. Behind the Mask, where we guarantee to match all authorized dealers' price. Go to behindthemask.com for details and see what's new for the upcoming season. By College Bar and Grill, call 1-480-588-6451 to pick up dinner on your way home. College Bar and Grill by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Tequila, go to TheMexicanMoonshine.com and find your award-winning taste for your style. By M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com, use promo code ICETIMESOUTHWEST and check out at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. By the Ice Den, Scottsdale, and Chandler, check our website for skating availability. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all is and all the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest is part of the Ice Time Hockey Southwest.com network. Very well done, and I will remind everybody that it is another double header of podcasts tomorrow, a six PM show for uh, ITHSW Podcasts, and welcome back to Hockey 2020, followed by College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our NCAA show. Um, I don't know what else to say, Zach. It's just nice to have hockey back, and it's nice to have quality hockey back, and um, I'm really enjoying this. The uh, nine straight days of uh, special podcasts are going to make it fun, and and then, of course, on uh, a week from tonight, we're going to know who's going to be the uh, number one uh, pick in the draft, right, or the the team that's selecting number one so definitely yeah if you want to hear me have an aneurysm just (laughs) as a possibility definitely tune in (laughs) Uh, well let's hope that doesn't happen because we don't want that happening but uh, either way either way i'll be excited (laughs) that's my favorite part of hockey so absolutely well thanks to everybody for uh for listening tonight we uh, appreciate you listening we appreciate you downloading and following us and continuing to help us grow the brand big shout out again and thank you to uh, Steve Potvin from the Tucson Roadrunners and the Arizona Coyotes for joining us as uh, always he's always bringing the insight and a lot of fun to have on um he's got a great voice too so he's a great podcast voice <laughs> yeah if he ever wants to jump on the podcast and be a co-host shoot we should have him on too <laughs> yeah absolutely so for uh, zach bondurant scott strandy here in arizona thanks for joining us tonight and we will talk to you again tomorrow on the uh, special um welcome back to hockey 2020 podcast zach and i will also be back next week with the uh the special podcast, which will have the draft. So see you then. We'll uh, say goodnight with a little uh, De Niro from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers.